there, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to episode 194 of the Finger Guns podcast. My name's Roscoe. How are you doing? Here's a big hug for you. Damn, it's cold, isn't it? Here you go. Have another one. In the moody. There you go. I'm joined this week by Josh Thompson. Hello. Good evening. Uh, Hello. Well- good evening. <laughs> Willkommen. Come as das. Oh, see, that is the extent of my Spanish. <laughs> well, that was kind of German and Spanish altogether. It was, uh, it was a, it was a very weird, humble mixture. Oh, I was but, being bamboozled. Yeah, I'm sorry about that. How are you anyway? <laughs> yeah, I'm good, thank you. I'm good. Um, starting to feel a little bit better after this uh, COVID, not COVID, that kind of has transformed across airwaves and gotten everyone sick. Mm. Um, Cat and Miles included in that somehow gave it to me. I've never, I've not seen them, so somehow it happened. Tendrils, maybe, but that's for another podcast. Indeed. Yeah, they gave it to me as well somehow. I'm not entirely sure. <laughs> I think Miles, um, I think it was a 7 0 defeat, and then Miles was like, just on top of that, yeah, have some illness as well. That's because I knew you were going to lose to Bournemouth, so I just got in early. <laughs> <laughs> Nice one, nice one. Well, you've heard his voice already. It's Mark Thompson. Ah, hello there. Hello there. Hello there. How on earth are you? I'm good, thank you, mate. I'm finally over that horrible COVID, not COVID thing. So on the topic of that, I'm finally over the worst of it, I think. I just have this weird cough left over, so I'm just hoping that that goes away. So yeah, apologies for uh, giving it to you both via osmosis. That's all right, man. How are you doing? How are you keeping up with your Star Wars catching up? Uh... Yeah, yeah, it, it's me. not. You haven't watched a damn thing <laughs> yet. Yeah. I've been watching The Last of Us, man. It's too good. And, you know, we have another podcast for that. But now that, you know, that's wrapped up, I can now uh, move on to finally catching up at last. Mm. So I got a letter in from a reader um, from a Mr. O. Kenobi. Um, and, and it says, Hello there. I was like, oh, nice. <laughs> that's a great start to end like, up. I've been looking forward to Ross and Miles' breakdown of each Mandalorian episode, and each podcast doesn't seem to happen. Why is this? It can't be resolved soon, otherwise I will pull my Patreon. Oh, God. Oh, no. So, I mean, I mean, man. to be fair, if the audience demand it, we've got to give them what they want. We gave them a Dynasty Warriors podcast, so a Mandalorian one has to happen. Yeah, well, I think we can throw them in like we did Obi-Wan, you know, just like little tidbits at the end. Mm, yeah, okay. if I actually catch up, you know, I'll maybe I've got a bit of free time this weekend, so maybe I'll binge it to catch up. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah. I'll return next time with updates. Maybe no, now the Last of Us is over. <laughs> oh dear! And finally, it's Cat. Hello. Hello. How on earth are you? I am doing okay, thank you. Um, yeah, I'm also over, well, mostly over the COVID, not COVID. I have, like, I bless um, Steph, who is Josh's girlfriend. She messaged in and was like, you sounded so poorly on the Last of Us podcast. So I was just, like, fighting through. I have an annoying cough, and if I speak for too long, I'll start to cough. But other than that, I feel pretty good. I feel pretty good. Excellent. Yeah, life is just telling me to shut the fuck up, and that's fine. I can deal with that. It's shame you have two podcasts on the go every week. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> but not for long, because the best show ever just ended. Oh, Indeed. For Indeed now. It did. 
Uh, and you can hear all about that on Thursday night, Friday morning. Very yeah. exciting. Yeah. Very exciting. How um, on devil are you, Roscoe? Well, thanks so much for asking. I am really good. Um, good. I had one horrible, horrible day the other day, uh, which was You not did, pleasant. didn't you? Are you feeling yeah. better now? I am, yes. Um, the power of Lucozade, man. I swear to God, that stuff. Oh, Lucozade orange slaps. It's just magic. I don't know what it is. These Can you electric- remember when Lara Croft used to be on the ball? I do. Yeah, I remember that well. No, no. Yeah. Oh. No doctors say he's drinking Lucozade, but you Lucozade makes you feel better. So I'm almost sure of it. It is the cure. Those electrolytes, they make you feel, just make you feel good. Make you feel good. Electrifying. Indeed. Indeed it does. Um, all right, then. Let's get into what we've been playing and our game of the week. Josh, from the top, what has been your game of the week? Oof. Uh, I've got a fair few to talk about. Um, and I think probably the biggest one, uh, I say biggest, it's very small little indie game. Um, uh, but one that I really enjoyed, I've reviewed and it's on the site, is Pronti, colon, Fishy Adventure. Um, there's nothing fishy about it. It's a good Metroidvania game with a neat hand-drawn art style. Um <clears throat> It kind of reminded me if uh, The Shape of Water was in a Bioshock game. Uh, so if that hasn't sold it to you, I don't think what anything will. Um, it's got a really nice sort of Bioshock aesthetic with a lot of its own creative lore uh, involved in it. You play as this kind of like fish humanoid creation that is basically defending the underworld and the underwater city that is Royler. Um, it doesn't look like it turned out too well from the jump, though, as there are like a bunch of mutated fish that are like out to destroy everything and kill you. Um, and yeah, uh, it's a pretty good game. It's uh, and a pretty good Metroidvania as well. If you're looking for one that's um, kind of in the vein of Hollow Knight or something like that, uh, this might scratch an itch for you. Um, I think the biggest hurdle for anyone is if you don't like sea levels or water levels in games, um, you might not like this game at all because it is just water level, the game. Uh, the the traversal isn't like a traditional platformer. It is like a, you're up and down diagonals, whichever way uh, swimming across the level. Um, and some people don't drive with that. <clears throat> I personally, uh, I think they're hit and miss in games in general. But um, this one did convert me to be more open to the idea of it. Um, And yeah, the boss designs are amazing. Um, The combat in those bosses, boss fights are incredible. Um, It's a little bit stale on like the the one-to-one fights that you do during the levels um, as you've got like a companion that kind of does all the fighting for you. and so it doesn't really feel like you're the one that's in the action necessarily you're kind of the one that's just dodging all the attacks and sending your what they call a javelin which looks like a prawn a metal prawn that kind of fights for you you can upgrade you don't upgrade them you have loads of different perks that can change their abilities and different buffs and uh um, for me and the difficulty that I played out didn't really change too much um but there's a lot to change with it uh, if maybe on the harder difficulty, it's a little bit 
more of a challenge or you need to kind of have like a good setup. Um, but yeah, I played on an easier mode. There is really nice accessibility options in there. Um, mainly the biggest one I think is that you can, there's a slider for how much damage you can take to the point of never taking damage. Um, so yeah, it's a nice, nice Metroidvania in the gap of uh, a slew of Metroidvanias that have come out and are yet to come out this year. Yeah, check it out. Hmm, that's Pronty. Pronty Fishy Tale or Fishy Adventure. Pronty Fishy Adventure. What a name. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> Pronty Fishy Adventure. Uh, Miles, your game of the week, sir. Uh, I finally get to talk about Wolong Fallen Dynasty because obviously I was well... unwell last week. Yeah, I've been looking forward to talking about this one. So I picked it up on launch day and I've played through... Well, I, I played through like a good half of it in the first like day or two. Like it's just really addicting with its combat system. Um, it's very much think of like more of a Bloodborne or Sekiro type one mixed with a bit of Neo in there. Um, I wouldn't say it's quite up there with those two. I consider them like the peak or like the top of the, the Soulsborne genres. Um, and it's not too far off them, but it's not quite there. Um, but it is just super fun. So it's like... It's got this interesting kind of mechanic called the fortitude system, which is where like on every level that you play through, there's like a bunch of uh, flags that you can find and place. And each time you place them, it raises your fortitude level. If you die, your fortitude level will go down to the level dictated by the number of flags that you have. So enemies will be like a certain fortitude level. You have to match that or you're going to have a more difficult time. If you're above it, then you have an easier time. So it kind of incentivizes you to go out and explore and find all the different points and make your life a little bit easier for yourself. Uh, there's always a boss at the end of every level and some of the boss design is like really really cool um there's some really iconic kind of battles and the best part about it as like a nerd perspective is this is all based on like the three warriors um sorry the three kingdoms um era of chinese kind of war lore i suppose um where you all kind of rub shoulders with people like Guan Yu and Zhang Fei, kind of Cao Cao, Liu Bei. You know, you run across all of the famous characters of the time period. And the cool thing is you can summon NPC like uh, leaders to come and help you on every level up to two of them. So you can just be fighting with like Zhao Yun, which is exactly what I did for the entirety of the first half of the game because he's the best character. And it's just really fun. It's a very aggressive play style, but once you get used to it, it's really kind of just fun to mess around and i've used a lot of different weapons which i don't normally do and i've just kind of experimented a bit more than typical um but it is really the first level is rough because you just won't be used to the system and it's really inaccessible for new people to souls games and i think that's a shame because the rest of the game becomes a lot easier but the first level and that first boss i know josh you played it in the demo it's savage. It's probably the hardest boss in the game outside of Lubu, which is saying something. Um, so if you have kind of started it and you've hit a bit of a brick wall with that first boss, like once you get past that, the rest of the game is easier. It just really front loads all the difficulty at the start. Um, but yeah, it's really good. It's well worth the price of it. I'm still, like I said, about 75% of the way through the story and still a bit more to go. There's loads of side stuff to do. Um, it's a really good time. It's a really good game. And yeah. It's nice to finally have been able to talk about it. Nice, I'm glad it's finally lived up to an expectation of yours. Yeah, a game I was excited for that isn't shit. <laughs> <laughs> what do you know? What a miracle. And uh, what else have you been playing this week? 
well, I've also played uh, Theatre Bar Rhythm, no, Theatre Rhythm, Final Bar Line. What else have you been playing play- this week? I've also played Hell of an Office. That's a what really else have you played this week, though, Miles? Platformer game. Um, I've also played a bit of tiny bit of Dead by Daylight because the new killer was released. Yeah, but Miles, what else have you played this week? <laughs> and I've played a hell of a lot of Fortnite. Yeah, you have. Two days. <laughs> and it's genuinely very, very fun. And the sword is awesome. And I'm addicted. And someone please help me. Um, I, I'm also obsessed with the sniper rifle because you can one-hit kill everyone with headshots. And I just can't stop. How are we feeling about the new map? Help. Or the new map editions, anyway. It's cool. It's like neon, samurai, cybery, and it's everything I like. So I wish Fortnite would stop stop figuring me out so well. And they throw in a bloody Geralt skin as well. It's just like, man, they've got you. And I want the lizard man. I want the lizard man from the battle pass. <laughs> can't be far off now. You can't be far off. Oh, someone's god damn it <laughs> but it's it's very good i can't even deny it like it just is very fun and it's very good and i'm having a great time with it yeah there it is there it is there it we is got him. we got him <laughs> folks we got him ladies and gentlemen i'm ensnared <laughs> okay what is your game of the week See, now I follow, like now my game of the week is very boring following on from the very exciting admission for miles um you're playing Imagine as well. like it's probably Fortnite. Yay! 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 Um, yeah, I've just been like hammering it since season two came out. Um, I just really enjoy it. I didn't really massively enjoy the first season of this season. I don't know what it's called, like the first season of the season. Is that the right thing? Uh, the first, the first season, season of the, of the chapter. chapter, yeah. Right, the first season of this chapter, yeah. I didn't massively enjoy it. I just felt like I really missed the old map. I was like, oh, but there's like loads of fields and then there's loads of medieval. Like, it just didn't feel like enough variety. It was like every biome was the biome two biomes ago, is what it felt like. Whereas this one, there's so much like now the city's been added. Um, the really, really like pretty, like Japanese um springs have been added, like with the cherry blossoms and the like healing springs and the really nice like in like the structures of the buildings it's just bloody beautiful I, I really like it um I like the new guns i also like the attention to detail did you know ross that the healing springs heal you not the healing springs heal you the springs in whatever it's called springs actually heal you but the rest of the pools don't just a little tidbit that i found out all by myself there oh man i didn't know that at all i'll go check that yeah yeah so in that particular biome so yeah, that's that's my game of the week. I probably I played a lot of Hogwarts as well because I don't know I don't understand how Sean has done it. Sean oh, like no. absolutely smashed through that fucking game. Guys platinumed it like sickening, sickening. I've done like six Marlon trials. It's taken me four years. <laughs> like don't get me wrong, I punched it in the first three and a half days, but now I'm like fucking slowpoke. I'm slowpoke the Pokemon about We've Hogwarts. We've only got eighty-seven Marlon trials to go. That's a nightmare. How now, demo guys? You're on mine, demo guys. Shut up. <laughs> Going around Hogsmeade. Revelio, 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 Revelio. They've um they've actually hey. um brought an update which is um they've cut down on how many times like the flu powder lady says stuff to you when you walk past her. Oh, thank God for that. She was annoying. Off on another adventure, are we? <laughs> Obviously. You would not believe how inconvenient <laughs> travel was before I invented the flu powder. 
<laughs> yeah, she's uh... so yeah, those are probably mine too. I love it. Yeah, what about you, Roscoe? What have you been playing this week? Uh, I've been playing Fortnite. I can't. What else oh, am I going to say? No. What, what else am I going to say? say, dude? Um, I've been very fortunate. I've had I'm most of the... I've had uh, most of the week off, so I've just sat down and absolutely hammered the new season. Nice, much, much like you, Cap. Just power through it. Yeah, just power through it. And um, having a great time with it. It's like I said, it's nice to have a new buy and nice to have something different. Um, there's still obviously it's only season two, so there's lots of room for improvement. By the end of the chapter, it'll be a wholly different map anyway. But it's um, I yeah. love the design of the map of um, of Mega City. I think it looks really cool. Um, yeah, there's great awesome. weapons. Um, I love the new assault rifle; it makes me feel powerful. And it's so uh, yeah, it's just. <laughs> Just a lot of fun. Um, I've I've powered through all of the new uh, challenges and dailies and stuff. I need more of them now. Same. Because uh, I'm only going up one above uh, one level a day at the present moment. I'm not happy with that. So I know I miss being supercharged. I should have taken pure advantage of that when it came out, but I couldn't. So. Yeah. So yeah, um, mostly Fortnite. I've dipped my toe back into the Outer Worlds, which is a game that I loved from a couple of years ago. And the PS5 upgrade came out this week, so I've been checking that out. And it's been, uh, oh, it's lovely. It's a lovely RPG. Obsidian's best work. I'm going to say that out loud. I don't know how controversial <laughs> that's going to be, but um, it's just um, a wonderful game. And I look forward to its sequel exclusively on Xbox. Um, so, yeah, Fortnite. Fortnite is grabbing by the balls yet again. Um, and ain't ever going to let go, I don't think. I'm waiting. <laughs> to, I'm, just, I'm just too deep into it now, you know. You know, it just happens that way, unfortunately. But I, the, the thing, well, no, no, it's not unfortunate because it's a fun game, and I really enjoy it. I don't hate play it either. I don't dead by daylight it. You know, I just play it because <laughs> I, I actually like it. it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, so yeah, Fortnite, good old Fortnite. So, how are you? Uh, how are you finding the new Fortnite map? Yeah, I wish there was a bit more of it. That's it. I just wish, but that's <laughs> just. That's just that's just a bias of my own enjoying like Mega City and stuff like that. I fucking love like Neo Japan, like cyberpunk stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. So a whole map of it would have been insane. Um, but I'll tell you what I can get with the little corner of the map. Uh, fucking cool katana, some boot. Um, yeah. Play a little bit more of it and uh, yeah, just enjoy it. I, I'm not, I'm not a fan of a lot of the skins in the battle pass. Um but I guess I don't really play it too much for the skins. Oh really? I thought it was, I thought they were better than last seasons. I don't. I can't remember uh, one standing out to be last season, but I think the new ones are quite interesting. Yeah, I, I feel like Doom having Doom Guy and Geralt in one chat in one season is a bit of a. It's quite like a wow. Um, mm-hmm. And then this one we've got the guy from Attack on Titan, um, which is a good show, um, but. I, I, there's something about the anime sort of skins and they're kind of the way they're drawn in in the game uh, and it's, and how the whole world around it is how we see Fortnite. It just, there's something with it, the dissonance of it around my bit, like, oh, I don't really like these skins because the, the way the animated is different to the game, but oh, mm. I'll just put a downer on Fortnite now. But That's all right. I'm loving it. <laughs> It's all right. Someone, we, need balance. we need balance. Yeah. <laughs> balance. All right, then. It is time for the quiz. Miles Thompson, are you ready? Oh, I'm ready. I'm not sure if you guys are. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm the reigning champion, so I'm you're, ready. 
Pretty you awesome. are indeed, and you absolutely smashed the last one. So uh, we need some we need some competition this time around, you know. Oh please, yeah, <laughs> hey, there, wasn't please. Comp- there wasn't competition because I wasn't here last week. All right, that's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, this I one's guess, this, <laughs> this one's an interesting mix of questions. I'll be intrigued, and there's some older questions in here, so we'll we'll see how this goes. I'm excited. You might all hate oh. me by the end of this one. I'm only 14 years old. How am I going to get these boomer questions? <laughs> right. Do we remember the rules? No emojis allowed. Hands up only. Yeah. Oh. And I don't I don't foresee that there's a question here that could go wrong, but then I've also thought that with every every quiz so far. So you know. Yes, please we'll uh, make sure someone's fact checking miles as we go through. Yeah, please do. <laughs> please, please do. <laughs> Okay, are we ready? Question one. Mm-hmm. Doom Eternal features a spectacular set piece where Doom Guy fires a giant BFG 10,000 into which planet? Go on, Ross. Um, Mars. It is indeed oh, Mars. Hey! I haven't played that game. I mean, <laughs> I was just about to say, I was, like, I was even going to say Saturn or Mars because it just. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, even if you haven't played it, you've got a chance of guessing the correct planet. So, well done, Ross. Yeah. Yay. Are we ready for question number two? Yes. In A Plague Tale Innocence, Amicia and Hugo are surviving France with a little help from a blacksmith. What is the blacksmith's name? Oh. Oh, shit. What? Man, that's a deep cut. Oh, Josh. Smithy. I wish. No, unfortunately not. Uh, Kat, you are next. Is his name begins with R? I know that. Does it begin with R? It does. No, that's a tell begin me that. with R. Okay. Is Rory? Uh, like, why are you stalling so long? Come on. <laughs> Did you say Rory? I think I'm looking. I said Rory. Yeah. It is not Rory. Yes. Which means, Roscoe, you have a free shot at this. Uh, Begins with R. Ends with... Co. Whatever the rest of them. (laughs) Um, The Rumiere. I feel like that should have been it, but no. It is Roderick. Roderick. Stupid thing. Was Josh not allowed to answer? Sounds a bit French. I already answered. Josh did answer. Oh, did you? I called him Smithy. Oh, you thought it was Smithy. Oh, I thought you were joking. I thought that was like, uh, have I got it? It was. It was. It was was a joke answer, but at the same time, I was never going to come up with a real answer. I'm really surprised I even just remembered that it came up with R. I was like, what's his fucking name? That is pretty good, to be fair. It has been a while since we all played it. All right. Question number three In which game series do you collect bobbleheads for stat boosts? Josh. Fallout. Yes, you are correct. It is Fallout. Yay. Boo. Oh, boo. I mean, yay, well done, Josh. <laughs> Thank you. Welcome. Question number four. How many Colossi must you kill in Shadow of the Colossus? Ross. Six. No, it is not six. Bother. <laughs> Bother. Josh. Is it nine? It is not nine. Yet. I mean, is it 10? It is not 10. Oh. It is 16. 
There are a lot of colossi that you have to kill. It's really savage. A lot of colossi. The colossi. Question number five. Which of these bosses does not appear in 2005's Resident Evil 4? Krauser, U3, El Gigante, Albert Wesker, or Ramon Salazar? (laughs) Josh. (laughs) Albert Wesker. It is indeed. Wesker does not appear in Resident Evil 4. Which is a shame, because he's the best one. Number six. Wolong Fallen Dynasty is based on the Three Kingdoms period of the later Han Dynasty, which occurred in which country? <laughs> oh, Roscoe. Oh, oh, oh. Norwich. <laughs> I'm just picturing that, and yeah, Guan Yu going around in Norwich is quite something. Stoke. Um, um, it's also not Stoke. I don't think Liu Bei liberated Stoke. You don't know that. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you're not wrong, to be fair. Uh, Josh? It is Trump's favourite country, China. 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 Very nice. That was part of my reason for putting this in, just so that we could have the China. <laughs> uh, question number seven. Vacant, Crossfire, and Shipment are maps from which 2007 FPS game? Oh, Josh. Uh, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2. No. Oh, it was the first one. <laughs> <laughs> no, it Roscoe? Call of Duty Modern Warfare. Yeah, well, of course yeah. you thought. But, That's yeah, really annoying. That. Is that I keep thinking that I'm putting my hand up, but I'm not. I'm just reacting, and then it gives me the menu. That's really fucking me uh, off. I was just about to meow and be like, oh, it was fucking me. And then I was like, oh, wait, no, it fucking wasn't. It's <laughs> 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 the second time I've done that now. Oh, Did the China no. one as well. And I was like, say car. Well, you were there in spirit. Not in China, though. <laughs> China. Uh, number eight. The rot are cute little creatures that feature in which video game? <laughs> oh, cat! You got there just ahead of Roscoe. Oof! <laughs> it is Kina British Spirits. It is indeed. Well done. Oh, I love that game. So so underrated and underappreciated. Yeah, it was well, okay. maybe if it didn't have so many bugs, it would be more appreciated. I know, I yeah. didn't run into a single bug. I don't know what happened to your copy. They're called rots, cat. We all need some of this. rotten. Uh, question you number can, nine. You can put hats oh. on them. They are very cute, to be fair. Some of the hats are absolutely dope. The samurai hat is so cool. It's true. Question number nine. PT featured which actor in its final teaser cutscene for Silent? Oh my God, Roscoe! Jeez. <laughs> uh, was it John Travolta? Uh, no. <laughs> Are you kidding me? It was not John Travolta. What? Although picturing him being mocapped in that scene is quite an interesting mental image. Is he wasn't going through being like this car is hydromatic. What? Oh, He's landing. No, I, I might, I might disqualify you just for bringing up Chris. <laughs> uh, Josh, Norman Reedus. It is indeed Norman Reedus. And finally, this is quite a tough one. So, yeah. Question number ten: Which video game features Vito Scaletta Vito as the protagonist? The... Oh, Josh, it's Mafia Two. It is indeed. Well done, sir. God damn. That is some knowledge. Mafia 2. What is it? Oh, Mafia 2. Oh. Yeah. I thought you said Smithia 2. 
<laughs> He's really sticking with that plague tale question, isn't he? No. <laughs> Alrighty, so that brings us to the end of our quiz. We have Cat, you have one point. Roscoe, you have two points. And Josh flying high on five points is the winner this week. Wow. Well done, Josh. Go me. I'm guessing well, John Travolta wasn't the right answer after all. I mean, no. But I feel yeah. like in an alternate universe, he is the right answer every other time. I very much enjoyed his uh, appearance at the Oscars last night. What a guy. <laughs> He's an odd dude. Very odd dude. He is. But uh, oh, what a legend. Yeah, what a legend. Pulp fiction, always. And it's now Phil is the right time to say out loud. Uh, I don't want to admit it to everyone, but I feel like that was the right time to just get out in front of friends. Uh, Greece 2 is better than Greece. No, get out. <laughs> And it's true. I've not even seen Grace 2, but I'm not even going to dignify that. It's true. Okay, we can, we'll move on now. Thank you very much for allowing me to share my truth uh, with the group. Um, Do we get a reason behind your truth? Um, the songs are better. The acting's better. Um, the story is better. Um, it's not so objectifying. It's not so weird it's not you know there's no story about a woman completely changing your entire life and appearance just to appease a man Reese 2 is just a lot more fun it's a lot more enjoyable it's a lot less weird fair enough good reasons yeah. I had no I had no leg in that race um, but now I'm a Grease 2 fan <laughs> it's got you know back to school again which is just a great song and uh, maybe because I'm so I'm so obscenely sick of Greek songs that I can't bear to hear them ever again. But um, yeah, Greece 2 has always got a, a special place in my heart because it's a vastly more entertaining movie. And real silence going on in the pod. Was that, was, that too, <laughs> was that too controversial a statement? I think you've upset everyone. I, I have no I have no standing in this whole thing because I've not watched either. So yeah, bye. I'm going on mute. All right. Cat's not on mute, but she's not talking. <laughs> yeah, I just feel like uh, I just, I just, I don't know what you want me to say. That's just like John Travolta saying Adina Menzel's name wrong again. Lovely. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I don't know if you hit your head or what. I, I can't really say much because I haven't seen Grease too. But like, I ain't heard one fucking song from them, and there's no mega mix at any cheesy parties that I know from Grease too. So that's my, that's all the information I need to know. <laughs> Fair enough. I'll judge the popularity <laughs> on Megan Mixes. Thank you very much. <laughs> anyway, let's go out to video games. And we're talking Square Enix today, um, who have said that their Forspoken's launch sales were lackluster. Um, this is coming from, of course, Square Enix, where every single game they release, no matter how well it does, you know, their sales are lackluster. But Forspoken is the latest in that long line of games. Um, Square Enix have admitted that early Forspoken sales have been disappointing. The debut game from Square Enix Luminous Production Studio was released on January 24th to middling reviews, with its Metacritic score currently sitting at 64 on PS5 and 63 on PC. Speaking during a financial results briefing on February 3rd, Square Enix president Yosuke Matsuda said sales of the game were likely to following challenging reviews. However, the game has also received positive feedback on its action features, including its parkour and combat capabilities. So it has yielded results that will lead improvement of our development capabilities of other games in the future. That said, sales have been lackluster. While the performance of new titles with February and March release dates will be 
will be the ultimate determinant. We see considerate downside risk to our FY 2023 earnings. Now, this is interesting because we know Forspoken did have a bit of a rough start. And it's not the best thing that Square Enix have ever released. But is it doing lightluster sales or is it just Square Enix um, shouting at the moon again? Um, Josh, what do you reckon? Um, I honestly don't know what they expect when they release 26 games within six months, to be honest with you. <laughs> um, <clears throat> they, I think they've got a... They've got an issue with quantity over quality um, and underperforming is such a like insidious way to look at any of the games that they kind of publish and put out um, because like really for a new IP especially, what are your expectations? How did it underperform when you kind of, you've got the marketing which was never necessarily received well, um, a demo that wasn't received too well, and uh, nothing came from those apart from a couple of adjustments to the demo that kind of improved the user experience a tiny bit. Um, but in the end, it's kind of like you yeah, what does underperform mean when you're kind of not letting it shine in its own way? Um, and maybe, I don't know, maybe putting it in people's faces a little less and giving it time to breathe in terms of uh, more development time that maybe had it come out by the end of this year, like winter this year, at some point, there'd have been something, it could have been a different game, different improvements. Um, but yeah, I think it's, it's unfair um luminous have now luminous productions have now merged with square enix um so they're not their own company they are a subsidiary of square which isn't a good sign it i mean uh, they are now going to be fulfilling their um promises of doing the dlc for force spoken for the summer whilst making um some adjustments to the game in terms of like patches and stuff like that. But outside of that, this might be the last we hear of <laughs> Luminous Productions, which is a shame because um, it's kind of like you mess up once. I mean, I, I wouldn't even say they've messed up. I think there's just a lot of cooks in the kitchen that have caused Forspoken to be what it is. Um, and now... I wouldn't say people are suffering because it's not like jobs are gone, but at the same time, the um, the ability to have freedom to kind of go where they want after Forspoken, knowing what they know now um, after releasing a full game. Uh, it's just a shame that we couldn't get like a, a comeback game from them <clears throat> kind of in a way where we heard you the first time, this is what we want to do now. Um, so yeah, it's just a shame. I think Square are very, they do this every year now talking about underperformance, but they're not making changes to differ that. No. No, I think um I think you're right. I think the serial art they push out is is kind of at their detriment at the present moment in time. Um particularly when people are just looking for like the primary you know the primary release of Square Enix any year will be a Final Fantasy. And yeah. I think that's what they're 
that's what they need to focus on really. Um, Forspoken was a good a good time. It was a it was a strong effort to release a new IP, but it didn't spark imagination, did it? Really, it didn't really grab the attention of gamers. So um, who knows? Who knows? But at least yeah, they haven't shut down Luminous. They've kind of just absorbed them, I suppose. <laughs> yeah. Um, which, you know, maybe they will make something else, but, like, when teams get absorbed like that, it usually means, like, you're a Square in-house now, so you're doing the grunt work for Square games that they want to make, like, other Final Fantasy projects or what have you. Yeah. Yeah, make the little shiny lights in Octopath Traveler. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Cap, as someone who's, you know, we, we keep a kind of focus eye on Tomb Raider Cell, they said, or the Tomb Raider games were lackluster sales and everything despite mm-hmm. everyone loving them um mm-hmm. where where are you in, at the moment square is you like is this oh just going it's moaning about sales again or do you think they have a point this time yeah no i think i think we've talked about this before of like it's a really whingy way to say that your game didn't do very well of like <laughs> it kind of comes across as like our game is amazing it just didn't sell like that that doesn't make sense because that's not how marketing works. Like you marketed it, you did a free demo, like loads of people paid your free demo and then they didn't buy it. So you you can't blame a, a poorly, I guess, sold game on just people not buying it because that's just also as well, you're ignoring the people that enjoyed it. So like, yes, ultimately this is a business and they do need to sell more, but also like, like Josh was saying, you can't consistently say, oh, this is lackluster sales and then not do anything about it. You need to figure out what, what it is. What, what is it about the sales? Because you're marketing well, because we all knew about Forspoken. We saw the fucking trailer about 50 times in the same show, in the same showcase. The I was sick of the Forsaken trailer by the end of it. So there's, there's, it's not an advertising thing and we know that because it was on the storefront very quickly it was you know it was in a lot of showcases we had the 15 minute you know big old gameplay thing and then we had the free demo so like when you give all of that and then say oh it didn't sell very well that was its problem as if to almost ignore actually there's so much more going on than just the selling like there's a reason that your game didn't sell very well you know some people some indie um companies very small indie companies could say that and say i didn't sell very well so there's not word of mouth there's not enjoyment there's not buzz there's not this there's not that but actually there was a lot of talk around for spoken so it's tricky i think it sounds really whingy it constantly sounds whingy it doesn't sound like they're doing anything about it and i think as well like josh was saying is that quality uh, that quantity over quality problem of like they're just chugging out games and then expecting the games to you know do as well as god of war each time and it's not going to happen um so yeah they've they've got a you know I don't know what else they can say. Like, it just wasn't an amazing game. People didn't enjoy it. Tough. Suck it up. You know, go and reach out to the community and say, what what could have we done about this? As opposed to whining about how many sales you've made. Yeah, that demo was a... Uh, 
I don't know if that demo was idea. a sink or swim moment. Yeah, that yeah. that demo was a sink or swim moment, and it was really interesting, isn't it? Because I was really hyped for Spoken until I saw the demo p- gameplay. So I'd have probably bought it. Do you know what I mean? So I think that mm. can really cut. Co- and great for them that 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 they were really confident in the game to do the demo. Because I think if you weren't confident, you know, that's why Cyberpunk never did a fucking demo because they fucking knew. Like they knew that game <laughs> could have fallen apart in that demo. Um, so great for them that they, they felt confident. But also, I think that topic that we're going to talk about in a minute of um, the Suicide Squad delaying after the showcase is, you know, that's something to to listen to from Square Enix because they have heard the community, they've heard the complaints, they've heard this, that and the other, and they said, all right, fine, fuck it, we'll delay it. We'll, we'll have another look at it, you know? Mm. And I think that Forspoken have, and Square Enix have got such an ego on them, and then they whinge at the end of it. It's like, we can't have it both ways. <laughs> no, it's true. So that's my two pence Square Enix. You sold Tomb Raider off, and then you got whingy. So I'm done with you. <laughs> I'm done. We're done professionally. We're freaking done professionally. Yeah, we're done professionally. Me and you, we're we're see eye to eye right now. (laughs) Whingy. Still whingy. Can't wait for Final Fantasy 16 though. Still can't wait. Looking forward to that. I've not played a single Final Fantasy game, so you know I don't want to collect flowers all day in a cart. Mm -hmm. Who does that? (laughs) One of the games you just got to collect flowers for ages, haven't you? That's nice. Yeah, it's in Crisis Core. It's a side quest for Aerith. <laughs> there you go. Oh, well. Looking hey, forward to Final Seven Remake 2. Yay! Oh, don't even get me started on how good that's going to be. <laughs> um, Miles, are you still in another Square Enix? Or are you, just like, are you with Kat? You're just like, all right, shut up and just start making good games. Yeah, I feel like I love the remake, uh, Final Fantasy. I love Crisis Core. And I think Final Fantasy 16 is looking great. And uh, they do release the odd kind of smaller game. Like I've been playing that theater rhythm final bar, whatever it was that Toby reviewed. And I really like it, but it's always, it's the final fantasy ones that are successful. I think Square Enix have shut down three life service games in the space of like two months. I think it was like, was it Chocobo and the final fantasy seven battle Royale thing that they had. And there was another one they're chasing trends and the CEO who became famous twice for doing like new year's posts about how much they love nfts and how much they love cryptocurrencies and how it's the future of gaming and everyone was like you are so out of touch with your entire community of you release games in a franchise which are single player primarily and which people love because they are single player rpgs and somehow you're losing track of the fact that that's what's made you successful um and i am with cat in the sense of they whinge and moan a lot about underperformance and lack of sales but all it really shows is that they just are completely out of touch with how games like this should actually sell like you know if you look back at the original dead space it didn't sell hundreds of millions of copies you know it did it did well considering its budget and then dead space 2 did sell a lot but nowhere near its budget that it had so your expectations have to be tempered depending on the ip and Forspoken was always in a bit of a tough spot because that announcement trailer, I said from the very kind of start, it didn't really click with me. And I felt like that was something that would be common for a lot of people. It was that... the um project Athia, wasn't it, on the PS5 showcase? Yeah. Thank you. And it was like it had an intriguing like setup, and I was like, it could be good. And then they released that first story trailer with the horrible voiceover and writing, and I was like, that's that's gonna kill so much enthusiasm. I remember watching it and cringing and being like that's going to wipe out so much hype for this game just because you've really like bottled it with its first proper 
And it's things like that that you can't really salvage. Even if they'd have delayed Forspoken, they couldn't fundamentally change people's perceptions of it at that stage and fix the problems that it had. But also, this was the first entry from that studio. So what are you expecting? They're not going to release a 10 out of 10 game first time. Like That's so unrealistic to expect of your studios. And it's a bit like the EA days where they used to be like, oh, you released an average game, we're shutting you down. That's it. You know, like you can't expect to run a successful load of studios if you don't give them the opportunity to learn from mistakes like half of game development is that games don't even work until like the, the last three weeks up until release um so yeah i just feel like on square enix's part they have like their real big hitters which basically carry them and they expect everything else to be on the same scale which is horribly unrealistic for the industry that we're in and they have a lot more competition now. Back in the day when they only released Final Fantasy and no one else really released an equivalent one in the West, you know, they had that margin for error. Now they don't. Now loads of games release all the time that are really good and of high quality. So people will only spend money on games that they know are good. And the previews and the demo for Spoken didn't do that. So yeah, I feel like it's sour grapes on Square Enix's part. And I was pleased to see the back of the CEO who keeps touting nfts i'm quite hopeful that they're going to get some new direction and leadership that will actually uh right the ship a little bit because i think they've gone very much of course but having said that i am very excited for final fantasy 16 and, and remake 2 so i'm really hoping that they manage to get their act together and sort their shit out because a good square enix is good for the industry have you not heard that uh rebirth is going to be an nft there's only one copy out there and, I uh, swear, to, swear to God, Roscoe, I can't even, can't, no, nope. <laughs> we're not doing this. <laughs> and um, it's already been bought by Lil Nas X. Uh, so none of us are going to get to play it. It's been locked between behind like a $3,000 payable that you have to pay just to unlock the title yeah. screen. I was like, Lil Nas, what are you doing? He was like, what you know about rolling down? And it was like, oh, man, <laughs> he wouldn't even listen to me. So that's unfortunate. <laughs> it's gone downhill. It's just not the same, you know? <laughs> it is. I might as well just... Uh, kill myself talking about that suicide squad what a segue what a segue (laughs) terrible i know uh i'm trying i'm trying uh suicide squad has been delayed again following the the, following the gameplay showcase this is a this is this is bad i mean i've been defending this game for a while but oh my um really once again from vgc mr andy robinson Warner Brothers has reportedly delayed Rocksteady Suicide Squad until the second half of 2023, following negative responses to a gameplay showcase. According to Bloomberg sources, Warner has decided to rush to, to push the title, uh, not rush the title, from its previously announced May release until later this year. Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League is the next game from the creators of the Batman Arkham series, billed as a genre-bending action-adventure shooter. Set in an open world, Metropolis. The game was originally billed for release last year, but was eventually delayed until May, 2023. Suicide Squad was showcased during a PlayStation live stream last month, but received criticism from fans due to its live service elements, such as a requirement to play online in a single-player mode. The presentation also confirmed that the game will feature a battle pass, which Rocksteady claimed would only contain cosmetic items. Post-game support, including new characters and missions, was also announced. Um, I'm going to start with Mars on this one, because I know that you're not hoped for this, but... That showcase, oh dear, yeah. I I think I'm the only person on earth that went. You know what? I play that, and I think the rest of the world just went. We fucking won't. And then, <laughs> and then Rock said, "We're like, okay, fine, we'll take it back." Jesus. And now rumors are flying around that this may not come out now until 2024. 
Yeah. So that feels like a large overhaul of whatever they were planning to do. If that is the case. Yeah. And I'm in two minds about this. I think Sean also was very much like, this kind of looks up, like, I think Sean was saying, like, it kind of looks up my street, like, it's open world, it's chill, it's arcadey, like, you know, it's not going to be amazing, but it'll be fine. I just watched the showcase and I was like, this is exactly what I expected it to be. And it looks so incredibly uninteresting and so boring. I have no interest in it, even less than I already did. And the battle pass, when they announced that as part of the showcase, and they were like, oh, we're going to have a battle pass. And I was like, guys, guys, come on. You, you had it's already chance. dead yeah. <laughs> just let it die in peace like come on you don't need to kick your own boot into it like give it a rest um, the battle pass is a horrific like thing to be touting people just don't want it in single player focus games I know this is going to be live service it's always online but it's just not it's not the one um, the gameplay looked very bore, like, as in just very generic it looked very mundane and I think there is a certain catharsis to playing games like that but they're also a dime a dozen. You can go on the store at any time on Steam, on PSN, on Xbox, and you can find games that play like this all over the place. You can go and play Crackdown, and it's basically the same game, um, just reskinned with you know DC stuff. There are a couple of things I think, like a couple of the story elements look interesting, which might be the one saving grace of you know what it is. And I guess the delay is. Either they know they're in such a bad place, they're like, we don't really know what to do with this, we need to go back to the drawing board and fix something, or we need to you know, scrub something out so we can at least have some selling point that will get people on board before we release it. Or they're going to do quite a significant overhaul, and it might be things like the battle pass will get scrapped, or the live service elements might get toned down so it's not always online only, that kind of thing. Um, but it's going to need a significant rebirth if it's going to be successful and games have done it before you know halo infinite was absolutely canned for that first uh gameplay show and do you remember that russ when they I first did. showed it off and everyone was like oh my god <laughs> yeah so you know we've got halo infinite it was delayed for a year and it came out and the single player was probably the highest received part about the game itself um i always think back to rainbow six siege had a horrible launch and when it first came out it was completely lacking content people didn't really like it that much although the core gameplay was solid and yet it's still going today and it's like eight years on from when it released or something so it can happen and i think the delay is an acknowledgement on the devs and maybe the publishers part of we might have pushed a bit too far with what we can get away with here we might need to go back and scrap some of these more egregious bits that people are really unhappy with and hope that that's enough to get the game out the door and get a decent sales because at the end of the day they're not doing this because they're worried about the quality of the game they're worried now because so many people are against it that it's going to hit the bottom line this game's not going to sell and it's live service elements won't make money and from its showcase i was like this is a live service game that will be dead within a year it's like a babylon's fall in the wait in the waiting um so again i i don't want games to fail i just feel like these publishers need to figure out that people aren't going to keep buying these games if they're not up to a quality we have fortnite and games like it which do live service elements incredibly well so i think people are catching on that they don't need to invest in a system that isn't rewarding them um but i want rocksteady to do it right i just want them to nail it because i like rocksteady and i love the arkham games and we know that they can do it so yeah just we've just got to hope that this delay actually gives them time to do something i don't know how much they can achieve in the time that they'll have but yeah i'd like to see them pull it off i'm just very skeptical and not very optimistic <laughs> and it's an interesting kind of throwback to square enix because man the avengers was yeah this 
wasn't it? And people were like, no, we don't want that. And Rocksteady have learned nothing from that, evidently. Yep. Um, because it's essentially going to be the same idea. It's you know this open world single player game, but it's multiplayer aspects as well, and it's all battle passes and cosmetics, and it's just, it's like and the Avengers is now offline pretty much. And it's like this isn't the Rocksteady that we wanted back. Mm-hmm. I don't think. Um, you know, like you said, Rocksteady are a fantastic studio. And they were on such a high in the Arkham trilogy that like, well, they can do no wrong, clearly. Um, and and well. yet, <laughs> you're right, though. Here we are. Like a perfect parallel to this because it looks identical, like in terms of everything they're doing. And like you said, just how haven't they learned from that? You've had the Avengers, you should have known. <laughs> do better. Yeah, exactly. Um, Kat, where are you with uh, Suicide Squad? So when I saw the big trailer, like the most recent trailer, I wasn't really that fussed on the first like 10 minutes. And then it actually started to show like the, the decent kind of landscape. It showed after the battle. And I was a bit like, oh, that actually looks pretty decent. I I don't know if I would play, I, like buy it day one. It's not something that I'm I'm absolutely buzzing for. Um, a couple of the cutscenes look cool. I think it'll be really fun. I would play it with friends, but I wouldn't play it solo. I don't think, or unless it was like free on PS Plus and I gave it like a bash on that, then I would. But I think this is a really nice example of doing what your community says and like and and listening to feedback because. You know, having a having a release date quite quite soon to then be pushed back next year shows that there's a lot of things that they're going back to the drawing board with. What is the point in releasing a game and putting you know hundreds and thousands of hours into it to just ignore everybody? If you're going to put a showcase out there, if you're going to showcase your game for X amount of minutes and then ignore the opinion, don't be fucking shocked when it comes out properly and you haven't changed anything and the opinion is still the same. And I think that's like going back to what Square Enix is doing. That's exactly what they did. They didn't do anything. They were just like, well, that's our game. Like it or love it. You know, hate it or love it. And I think with this, they're kind of saying, okay, we hear you. You know, there might not be loads of changes and let me clarify a few things, but we're going to change X, Y, and Z. And, 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 you know, maybe for that, it will be a lot more appreciated. A lot of people will give it a go because that time and effort has been spent. Um, so we'll see. We'll see what comes out. I'm sure they'll showcase the changes. I think they're going to want to, to be able to get that feedback again. Um, not that they would probably change much from there, but just to be able to like spotlight, hey, this is what we did, like you said we did, <laughs> kind of thing. Um, I'm intrigued, but I'm not, like, I'm not on the edge of my seat. I think that's exactly where to be right now. Um, yeah. Because I think Rocksteady have the pedigree to make fantastic video games. And I feel like they've, they've fallen down a rabbit hole here. Um, whether or not it's Warner Brothers forcing cosmetics on them or something, I don't know. But I don't know. We shall see. We shall. We shall see. Indeed. Um, Josh, are you, um, do you take Rocksteady's decision here? Is it? Is it a smart one, or should they have stuck to their guns? Because no one's played this thing yet; they've only um, seen it in action. <clears throat> I'm, I, we, you guys have been talking the whole time, and I'm just like the whole time I've been thinking, what could they even do to change it that is going to change people's minds? Realistically, um, the the bones of the game is in it, and that is 
a four-player co-op shooter where you've got four distinct characters that actually don't look like they play as distinct at all. They all jump and glide and shoot. Um, and then you've got all the battle pass and microtransactions, which is obviously just a symptom of every company feels like they need to have one to uh, facilitate a, a cash cow. And this just isn't going to be it. Um, so I'm just very confused. I'm like, I'm just, there's nothing else, much else to add other than like, I really, they, uh, they should have either just ripped off the band aid or just shelved it and just been like, you know what? Never mind. Unless I'll eat my hat if they completely change this whole game and it's a four player co-op narrative adventure, then, but then we're thinking of something that's going to be worthwhile, but it's going to be the same game from when it was originally meant to come out to the next time it's been delayed to. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's a, that's a downer. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I, there's just, there's just no, like, it's I the same. Mean, like, Fortnite came out in a time where we didn't know it was something that could have been so massive you know this kind of life service battle pass like they they kind of created the battle pass scheme to be something that keeps them going for so long um and not many games can do it as well and i don't think any games do it as well there's some that kind of must profit because they keep it going apex legends Call of Duty, but these are battle royales. This is not that. Um, so, like, why put systems in that in a game where it's not competitive? It's cooperative. So, what's the drive to keep on going, keep on going back if there is an ending in sight, which there is because it's a campaign game. Mm. Um, it's, it's just it's just every company trying their hand at, at the piece of pie that is the monetization of battle passes and stuff like that, and it's just not working out for so many people that we kind of just need to put it to bed at this point. If you're not a battle royale, if you're not a competitive shooter or just anything competitive in general that can, that doesn't have an ending, like just don't bother. Just <laughs> listen to what people want to say, what, what, what people want. I mean, uh, there's no, nothing in Suicide Squad that looks like what uh, their last games were as a studio. Um, mm. um which could be a good thing uh, that they've developed something really special and seeing it isn't enough, that playing it is what really does appeal to everyone. Um, but, but I don't know. It's, it just is, it looks, it looks more generic than anything, which is a shame because they were so distinct and so revered for their ex execution in not only just being a DC game, but being like a masterclass video game with the Arkham series, you know? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's just a shame. Yeah, it is. It is. It's a shame that that, that rock steady doesn't seem to exist anymore, um, no. which is really disappointing. And, well, you know, this game doesn't have dinosaurs falling from the fucking sky, does it? Which exactly. Like Talking of games featuring dinosaurs falling from the fucking sky. That was my... Segue to the Exo Primal news. Um, 
Capcom Sony Associates Exo Primal is launching on Game Pass. Plus, a live beta test will take place later this month. Capcom have announced that the third-person Dinosaur Cheetah Extra Primal will launch this summer on Xbox Game Pass. This game will hit PS5, PS4, Xbox Series X, Xbox X1, blah, 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 but Steam on July 24, 2023. The release date was confirmed on Steam ahead of a Capcom Spoiler Digital event on Thursday. In addition to the release date, the publisher confirmed an open beta test for the game, which will take place on consoles and PC from March 17th to March 19th. Announced last year, Exo Primal is billed as an online team-based action game that pits humanity's cutting objective technology against history's most ferocious beasts. Set in the year 2040, Exo Primal sees humanity's existence threatened by waves of dinosaur outbreaks across the globe. Capcom recently said it expects to sell more games during its current fiscal year ending on March 31st than any other in its history. Miles, Exo Primal is about to be the best-selling game ever. Are you ready? Leave me alone. <laughs> just leave me the fuck alone uh, I mean I'm I'm going to be straight up with you like if if it wasn't Capcom releasing this I'd probably be quite excited for it but Capcom know what I want they know and they're releasing what I want so just just leave me to suffer I just want my Dino Crisis remake I just want it but the game does look kind of fun in a very stupid dinosaur falling from the sky kind of way yes Hell we yeah. got him. We got him, Josh. We got him. The fact it's on Game Pass makes it slightly more manageable. I might just suffer it on Game Pass just because I don't have to pay anything towards it. <laughs> uh, can you, we are going to have a weekend of so much fun blasting dinosaurs. It's also my birthday that week. Oh, they knew. They, they did. You know, they were like, it's Miles' birthday. Let's fucking give him the best birthday present ever <laughs> in Exo Primer. I feel like I've been spited. They saw like, ah, oh, it's that dickhead's birthday that week. Do you know what we're going to do? Give him the worst game he could ever possibly want. Happy birthday. Here's Dino Crisis. Ah, not really. <laughs> <laughs> it's Dino's and it is a crisis, but it's not the one you want. Fuck off. So, I, don't, I mean, there's not a lot to talk about here. I just wanted to get it in. Um, Exo Primal Open Beta Test, March 17th to 19th, um, which is what, next weekend or this weekend? Um, yes, this weekend. This weekend. Very, very exciting. I can't wait. I can't wait. It's going to be awesome. I'm working for most of it, but I'll get some games in, hopefully, if I get a chance. Uh, Kat, are you excited for Exo Primal? Are you excited for Dinosaurs Falling from the Sky? Sure. Sure. Yeah, you are. Yeah. yeah, fuck it. Fuck it. Why not? <laughs> yeah. You're going to do that thing where you're playing, yeah, Mars will sort of like walk around and be like, what's this? And you're playing, and you're like, it's Exo Primal, dude. He's like, damn, I want to play it now. <laughs> just like Hogwarts that's exactly what's happened with Hogwarts yeah I mean admittedly Hogwarts actually looks like a very good game in and of itself so but this is Dino Crisis dinosaurs falling from the sky uh, got massive ass spiders falling from the fucking sky but uh <laughs> yeah no dinosaurs yet oh god great times great times and finally um, on our news bulletins. Um, we can't get into this a lot, but the creators have confirmed that The Last of Us Part 2 will be stretched across multiple seasons in the TV show over at HBO. Uh, but the final episode of Season 1 is now available on Sky, if you do want to go watch it. Uh, we've all seen it. You'll hear our thoughts on the last episode of Look for the Lights, which is coming out on Thursday night slash Friday morning. Um... 
And yeah, we have been debating about this, whether or not there is enough time in a season to cover the entirety of season two. And evidently, there is not. Uh, season two of HBO The Last of Us show will not cover the entirety of The Last of Us Part 2 video game its creators have revealed. Speaking to GQ, Neil Druckmann, who directed the video game, and Craig Mazin had discussed their plans for the second series of the show following Sunday's final episode. As if season two will soon will expand the entire course of the game, Mazin replied, no, no way. It's more than one season, seemingly confirming their intention for a season three of the show. As for how many seasons the second game content is intended to be, to be told over, the, the duo would not confirm. You have noted correctly that we will not say how many, but more than one, it's factually correct. So this is kind of what we were discussing a little while back about, you know, these, the sheer breadth of The Last of Us Part Two, and how excited we all are that they get to expand that incredible, thought-provoking, heartbreaking, devastatingly brilliant story. Um, I'm going to get to Kat on this one. Um, how would you like even more of The Last of Us Part Two? Brilliant. Can't wait. Um, can I? Oh, is this a spoiler? Oh, do we have to? Do we have to spoil free this? Is it? Is it? Um, what are we doing here? Um, we're talking about the game, not the show here. So sure, yeah, yeah. People that listen to that are probably won't listen to this podcast. There's probably some people listening okay. to the Last of Us podcast. So I, so I can, so I can, I can spoil what happens in two. Yes, to make my point. Okay. Yes. Last so, of Us Part Two spoilers incoming. La- Last of Us Part Two spoilers incoming. Um, I'm I'm ranty, so I don't know. Skip fifteen minutes. Who knows? Um, okay. So I think the reason that they've done this is because they're trying to do with two what they couldn't do with one because the Hollywood sucks. Um, and you know they probably would have really liked to have expanded season one and the relationship and the traveling and all that jazz. I think what they've done with one is fantastic. I think the way that they've done it, but I do think they have some work to do a, a little bit on the relationship and the the depth of the decision that was just made. Um, I'm not looking forward to lots of season two because it depends how they do it really. Because as as big spoiler incoming. As we know, Pedro Pascal will only be in it minimally because he's fucking dead. <laughs> so, and I wonder if they're actually going to turn that into the finale of season two or they are going to follow it very, very closely and it's going to happen right at the end of se- episode one, season two, and they're just going to span out lots of flashbacks. Um because it has been, you know, hinted on Twitter that they are going to expand the relationship between Ellie and Joel. So whether they're going to do that before in real, in quote unquote, real time, and then almost fast forward and you're going to say, oh my God, the game starts here and it will be six episodes later. Who knows? Um, I hope that if they are going to expand over two seasons, I have no doubt that it will be excellent, but I think I love season one because I love the game and I worry that I'm not going to enjoy season two because I fucking can't stand the game because it drums in the same parallel point that Abby is Ellie. And I just like, there's only so many times you can show that to me before I'm like, fucking get it. I get it. I get it. I get it inferred. I get it when you say it. I get it in dialogue, I get it in relationships, I get it on scene-on-scene value, I get it when Abby and Ellie are punching each other in the face, I fucking get it. And if they're going to drum that in for the next 16 hours, I don't want any part of it. I really don't want to watch it if that's going to be the case. But I am really excited for the things that they're going to do 
with Lev or the, the things that they're going to do with the Seraphites or the things that they're going to do in the camps or the things that they're going to do in um in Wyoming. But in terms of like really peak moments, I, I don't, there's nothing really that I'm like, oh, I can't fucking wait to see if they do that. Oh, I can't wait to see if they do that. Oh, do you know what I mean? I feel like every episode of this, I had a real big like, oh, I wonder what the, the kids' room looks like in the tunnels. I wonder if they'll do the draft scene. I wonder if they'll do, you know, the lead up to Bill. I, I wonder if they'll do, you know, Tess. You know, there's nothing in two other than the, I wonder if they're going to drag out as much as they did in the game. But the same point, the same character. And do you know what I mean? And so I worry, and that's probably just coming from a place of... But I also appreciate that they do need to tell a story. I hope it's the former. So I hope that it's the case of, like, they are going to show a lot more of Ellie and Joel in real time and how they're getting on the camp and what the relationships are in the camp. And then the game starts, like, six or seven episodes in. I think I would like that more because I think that I think the audience who haven't played the game, I'm probably going to just end up and pink myself on Thursday, but I think the audience who haven't played the game um, need that context. And yes, I know we get a lot of it in two anyway, but we get it through flashback form, but the hit, the, the actual killing of Joel hits us harder because of what we've been through in one. Whereas I don't know if that would happen if you haven't played the game in two, if they did it episode one, season two. I don't know. I'm not I'm not thrilled about it, but I understand why they're doing it because of course they want to do that with one. They want to tell a story. They want to be able to slow down, take each moment, really expand. But yeah. I think they'll do it well because I'm I mean, just just interrupt me because I'll keep going. No, 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 no. no. Is that enough? Is, is that enough part two slander going on right now? Is that <laughs> enough part two slander? I mean that was yeah. hard. That was hard to stomach you talking right I'm about so part two. I'm so sorry, Josh. I know so you really like games. Yeah. What you should do is to help you feel better, you should listen to the um, Last of Us Part Two spoiler special podcast. That will help you feel better about my opinions. Yeah. Would it really? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, because I'm really, really kind about the game, Ben. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but my opinions are completely different in that in the spoiler special podcast. Yeah. Yeah, it's Toby that's got those awkward, those difficult opinions. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah oh my god! Fucking hell! So controversial. So controversial. Um, hello, if you're just back and you wanted to avoid Last of Us spoilers, welcome back. Um, man. Well, they're probably not welcome back. You're probably gonna have to go away in a minute because Miles and Josh. <laughs> but was I making any sense, there, Roscoe? Do you see where I'm coming from? I totally do because there is a million ways they can do this. Um, yes, and. Yes, that the the parallel between Abby and Ellie is so vital to the to the plot of the story that you know we can't have you can't go without it. But yes, I do hope they're a little less a little more subtle about it this time around. Mm. I hope mm. uh, Druck, I hope Druckman goes. That may have been a little overboard, but we can we can. Rain that in does, but I don't think he will. I don't think he, he won't. Will. He won't. I hope. He won't. I really hope there is like an audience moment where we go. Oh, it's going to be. It's going to be. It's going to be the, the two of them throughout. Okay, it will. It will. It will go between the two throughout yeah, of the season, and then the end of the season is going to be the reveal of why. Why? Yeah. 
Do you think? Yeah, probably yeah. actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're gonna power. And then people but are I like, do oh, hope shit. that they do like. I do think they still need to um, shape the relationship of Joel um and the impact of his death and what that will do i think they, they started it in the last episode because he starts to like you know remove his vulnerabilities kind of admit to ellie that she's changed his life again and he's ready yeah. to like be like blah, blah 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 um i do hope there is a moment where we're sat on the when we're sat ready for season two episode one and we're like recognize this this isn't the game and then like three episodes later or four episodes later we're like fuck the game starts now this isn't the game oh my god part two has just started oh my god we have about 15 minutes until he gets until we go golfing with Joel. Um, I personally cool. think that's my wish. I personally think that they will get rid of Joel as soon as possible. Right away, like Game of Thrones there. That's very I think, HBO. I think it'll be episode <laughs> one. Because it's gonna be I, that uh, I wouldn't be surprised. It's gonna that be that holy factor. shit. Because if, yeah. if you don't if you don't know that's gonna happen, if you don't know that's gonna happen, it's it is horrible. And yeah. why not? Why not episode one? That Druckmann will be jerking off so hard to do that for episode one. And... <laughs> yeah, he will be. It's very HBO. It's very, very HBO to like drop the bomb. Um, yeah. Do you reckon it'll be the finale? Then that'll be the fin- like the final scene of episode one. I reckon to the cabin, and everyone's going to be like, "Fucking hell! Fucking hell! Fucking hell!" <laughs> I reckon the I reckon the final golf. It'll be the final hit from Abby. It'll be the screen from Ellie. It'll cut to black, and it'll be like written by yeah. Neil Druckmann. No, no. And then like no. the choice will start or something, or Pink Floyd will start or whatever. It'll be like if I ever were to lose you, I'd surely lose myself. And we were like, oh, do this again. I can't do this again. And uh, there is there is something are. about that ending as well that's so special. Uh, like when the ending ending, where it's kind of the Joel and Ellie scene together. There's something about that being um, drawn out until the very end where you kind of really don't know their relationship until that point. And after everything's said and done, like that moment is so like gut-wrenching, I think, that that's quite an ace in the, in the sleeve for them to like pull that out at the end of this story. That it does make me question the kind of structure of it because we, the way we're getting there kind of backstory is so fragmented that it it is a well-played story device so just but tv show i feel like maybe to length to lengthen it out is to have that chronologically maybe but i don't know if it would lose the magic yeah well that's the thing isn't it we, we just don't know um well i mean we can talk about this more on thursday because that's where this is gonna kind of all live um because there's so much to go into um, about the finale and stuff, but um, just to round it off, Miles, you've also got heathenistic opinions about Last of Us Part Two, <laughs> um, which are disgraceful and completely untoward. But um, how do you feel about this being stretched out? Is it the right decision so it's not all crammed into another nine episodes? Um, I'm going to say yes on the basis of I would have liked the one thing when we're obviously going to talk about it more, but when we finish the season... Um, I was like, I could have watched another four episodes fleshing out some of those sections and I would not have begrudged that whatsoever. I think it would have, like, I would have enjoyed that even more. I think the storytelling in the show is excellent and I know it's following the game very closely, but I feel like if they can capture the quality of the writing and the way that they've built the world and the characters in the show into part or season two or part two or whatever... I'm a little bit more optimistic that this might be a story that might become more, in my opinion, coherent and 
effective at the message it wants to portray this Um, guy swear to god i just yep we're gonna go into it but that's (laughs) but i think like they've made some decisions in this season that i think will make it flow more naturally into the events of seasons two and obviously further on and Druckmann's also talked about how he wants to flesh out a lot more about the world of part two in terms of things like the seraphites and the world that abby inhabits and that was kind of one of my big things was like i felt that the game missed out on a lot of the characterization of people at the for the favor of the narrative itself and i feel like with the show what they demonstrate is they've recaptured why i care about the characters and if they can carry that through and they can manage to do that for the characters in seasons two three and however much it goes on i'm on board with that i just like to have good characters that i am invested in and who like what happens to them matters regardless of what happens to them which is what i felt was missing in the game so i actually feel like the show is in a good place and i'm very very cautiously optimistic that i might enjoy the tv adaption more than the game's version of its story um yeah that's kind of how i'm going to leave it because i feel like i don't want to go into too much other spoilery stuff but yeah i'm excited that we're getting more of this tv show because i think the show is great and i want to experience more of it so yeah that's how i'm going to leave it on an optimistic note which is (laughs) a nice change (laughs) oh well there we are i like that yeah Um, you know it's very interesting that we can spoil the last of us part two on this podcast but not on our last of us podcast I know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it feels this is a, a mistake that we need to rectify next year. That we're going to be like, right, this is a spoiler special. <laughs> but I guess it won't yeah. matter next year because uh, we c- we're comparing it to the game. So, but yeah, rookie yeah. mistake from our hearts. <laughs> if you don't listen to our Last of Us podcast, um, we made a vow at the very start not to talk about anything part two, um, just in case people are listening that haven't haven't played the games or anything like that. And, and so, <laughs> and now we're absolutely just like going through. But it's not the same podcast. You know, we won't talk about part two that much on um, the next one, but um, we really want to talk about part two on the next on like, on our Last of Us podcast. So we might have to do a spoiler, spoiler, spoiler special. Uh, yeah, super deep spoiler do special. An episode, do an episode ten where we can just go straight in everything. Like the whole season. Yeah, I was about to say we could spoiler. do like a debrief. We could do like a whole mm. season roundup debrief. I mean, I'm up for that if you guys are. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. 100%. All right, whole number. Look out for that next week. <laughs> all right, <laughs> that's all the content. I will say, if they don't do the take on me scene in season two or three, I will never. Oh, you will. know they will. You know they, they will. will. They, they will. To, they and to. also, there is a, there's a clip going guitar. around with Bella Ramsey playing the guitar and singing, and she has a fantastic voice. They will absolutely do that clip. Oh. Yeah. I need that in my life. It's probably the only saving grace of that game for me. <laughs> so yeah, they better do it. Oh my god, Mars. We need a we need a three year last of us party retrospective, don't we? Just every oh. year we'll <laughs> just go back to the game. <laughs> we'll just keep reliving the trauma of doing that podcast. <laughs> no, it was a very fun podcast. I enjoyed the uh the differing discussion on it. It was it was good fun. It was by far one of the most interesting ones we've ever done, without mm. a doubt. Um, right then, let's get into our recommendations. This is where we've seen someone throughout the week. Do we think you, our loyal listener, should go and check it out? Whether it be a game, a movie, a TV show, a piece of chocolate, or something free from Tesco? I mean, who knows what it could be this week? And um, the mystery is always the most fun part. Uh, Miles, do you want to take a stab at going first? 
Certainly. I'm going to recommend Hell of an Office. It's a, a little indie game that's just come out of early access today. Yeah, well, yesterday, if this goes out Tuesday. I don't know. Um, either way, it's out now and you can play it. Um, it's on Steam and it's basically a really super fast paced platformer game where you are literally in the embodiment of hell. Only it's all of your office supplies just thrown around that you you have a stapler and you fire the stapler at surfaces and it rocket propels you all over the place. It, it's crazy. It's awesome. It's really fun. It's quite difficult in a couple of places, but it's well worth playing. I've had a really good time with it. So yeah, it's scratched like my neon white itch after I finally finished and played that. So yeah, fully recommend it. It's good. All right. And your review just went live. Yes. How exciting. How so, exciting. Your preview, I should say, just went live. Well, yeah. Early yeah, access, access review, review preview. One of- Things, yeah. I don't know. It's a write-up. There's oh, words. I talk about it. It's all good. Oh, it's so confusing and angry. What is this? The Last of Us Part Two. Uh, oh. uh, uh, Kat, what's your recommendation this week? Uh, my recommendation is something that I've been watching whilst I've been eating, and like if Miles isn't around, um, which is the second season of Down to Earth with Zac Efron. Um, and everybody like it's really funny when I say this to people because people like scour in their face and be like Zac Efron like it, he's just you know something to look at but actually he's really interested in the environment and he's really interested in like just making the world a little bit of a better place um, so he does he does like this series and I spoke about the first one when I had COVID um, and it's just him and a guy called Darren I can't remember what the last guy's called um, what's the next guy? What's he called? Oh, that's gonna be for me. Darren Olean. That's it. Um, and Darren Olean is like, uh, kind of like a, a f- kind of, I guess, like a popular like environmentalist, nutritionist. He's vegan. He's he's and this one is all about like the environment in Australia and how like they they've got a, they've got an episode for like each type of I guess like environmental interest. What they even do a um like an episode about cordyceps which is really interesting um and how like how it's really important and how they like you know how there's a cordyceps for each species of animal as well like each insect um but it talks it's just really really fascinating you know it talks about water it talks about being off grid it talks about just how to you know contribute a little bit more to look after the earth it sounds really wanky but i promise you it isn't like when i'm talking about this i'm like oh it sounds really wanky like but I promise you he isn't. Like, I've learned so much from it. Like, I learned that, like, in the first season, it tells you about how France gives out free water all the time. They have, like, free water stations to encourage you to use, like, um, refillable bottles because it won't, and, and the water's free. So, like, not only does that help, you know, the environment, it also helps the homeless. It also helps your water bill. It also mm. helps, you know, getting out and about and being more active as well. And it was just like things like that. And they they talk about it's gonna sound really boring. They talk about really like soil and they talk about like methane gases and cows and how they've reduced that by like giving cows a certain seaweed and it's just very interesting. They talk like and how some people are completely off grid and how they've done it and um some indigenous cultures as well and how they survive and how they fish and they talk about the overfishing population. It's just interesting like i'm not a massive like environmentalist like it's not something like i i i recycle when i can remember like you know it's one of those things like i have to be like oh shit that's that doesn't go there that goes in here but it is really interesting to watch and it is just yeah they did the bushfires for example as well and the impact that had on australia and how the impact had had on america when that happened um this is pretty great if you love animals and you like the environment or you, you know, you're just interested in either of them. 
I think it is a good watch. And also Zach Efron is lovely to look at. He's fantastic in <laughs> every way. So <laughs> in every way. In um, every I, way. I have no beef with Zach Efron. I think he's made some some fun movies since um the high school musical days. Yeah. I think people see him as like a bit of a cliche because he's on like the high school musical and he's been in Baywatch and stuff, but he's actually really intelligent. Yeah, but he um, plays into that. Does... That's what's that's what's entertaining about it. That's what I mean. Yeah, exactly. He plays into it because, you know, he's good looking and he knows it. So yeah. well, this, like... it's not about him at all. No. No. But like him in like Baywatch of bad neighbours and stuff, he just he plays up to that stereotype and that makes him quite endearing, yes. I think. Exactly, exactly. Where I was like, this just isn't about him, this is about other people and and how people live and how, yeah, they contribute to the environment. Yeah, it's a, it's a cool show. It's a good watch. It's an easy watch. It's not like they're lecturing you on X, Y, and Z, and they're not putting it in like a, you're going to kill us if you don't do this. It just mm. is food for thought. Yeah. Um, I've just sent you all a DM as well. Uh, something cool. In the, you sent um, me a DM. Yeah, uh, well, but in the, um, in our, in our four person. The um, group. Mm, mm, let me have a little look. And again, oh, I saw that. I, I pointed that out to uh, Miles. He was like, "Oh, what spoiler?" And I was like, "It's not a spoiler. You won't even recognise her." <laughs> like... Oh yeah. No, I didn't. I didn't know until I saw this. I was like, oh, that's cool. No, yeah, no. I saw it just before I watched it, and then I said to Miles, "I was like, oh, uh, Laura Bailey's in this," and he was like, "Uh, why is Abby in this? That's such a spoiler." I was like, "Abby's not in it." <laughs> Laura Bailey is <laughs> a very clever scene to use her as well. Very clever scene. Uh, Josh, um, what's your <laughs> recommendation? Um, I'm gonna recommend a guy that gets t shirts printed. Oh, okay. that sounds exciting! Wow, <clears throat> um, <laughs> so they're on Instagram as death.charger. Uh, the website is deathtarja.com and they basically do some pretty insane uh, video game boot t-shirts uh, professionally screen printed and, and that jazz. I'm currently wearing a Blasphemous t-shirt, um, which I absolutely love. Uh, it looks like the next one that they're going to be dropping is one for Super Mario Sunshine. Um and they're just really des- really well designed t-shirts they're, they're some of the better like you know a lot of merch is pretty shit i think from like professional companies and stuff like that but this guy has done some crazy designs for like load all the metal gear games devil may cry silent hill grim fandango the secret of monkey island dead by daylight <clears throat> um there's a process that they go through um, they kind of set up a pre-order at the end of the month. They wait a week for that pre-order or two weeks and then they get off printed. So it does take a few weeks, uh, maybe like over a month for you to get yours, but don't worry if you're waiting a long time, they will come to you. They are legit. Um, yeah. And I just love it. I've, I've bought a few now. I think Miles has got a few Metal Gear Solid ones as well. Cause I keep, I keep on showing them to him every time, uh, one gets so dropped. Many. I have like seven. <laughs> I'm wearing one now. I've got like seven of them. <laughs> I can't help myself. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I just wanted to shout them out because, um, you know, video game merch is hard to come by. So when there's really nice looking stuff like this, like it's worth bringing up, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a sucker for um, original video game kind of designs and t shirts and stuff. So cool. I'll go and check that out. What was the name? 
death.charger on Instagram, uh, deathcharger.com. Deathcharger.com, lovely. Um, my recommendation is going to be Mythic Quest on Apple TV+. Plus. I just finished the third season. Uh, if you don't know, it's a sitcom which is set in a video game studio. Um, and it's created by Rob McElhenney. Stars Charlie, uh, doesn't star Charlie Day at all. It's created by Charlie Day. It stars Rob McElhenney and Ashley Birch. And it's oh yeah, now to its third season. It's great. It's really fun. It's still as entertaining as it ever was. Um, it's one of those shows that is kind of uh, always struggles to get the next season, but it has a very passionate audience uh, that kind of keeps it going. And there's lots of fun nods in there for gamers and stuff. If you're a fan of the industry, there's lots of cool little Easter eggs in there that you'll see. And um, yeah, they play on the fact that Ashley Birch is Aloy a lot, uh, which is always very entertaining. And um, yeah, Ashley Birch's voice sounds nothing like Aloy, which is fascinating. Uh, but she does do the Aloy voice every now and then if you want to have that little Easter egg, which is quite fun. Um, so yeah, go and check out MythQuest on Apple TV+. Plus. It's one of the few reasons to currently subscribe to Apple TV+. Plus. Um, that and said Lasso and Severance, I think, and that's pretty much it right now. But it is uh, super entertaining, so go check it out. All right, then, ladies and gentlemen, that is it. Thank you all very much indeed for listening. Don't forget, if you want to follow us, you can follow us absolutely everywhere. Just go to the link tree in the description below to find us in all the places. If you want to follow us on Twitter, you can at F-N-G-R-G-N-S. If you want to follow us individually, you can just look for our handles in the, the uh, description below. Except for Mars, of course, he's smart and not on Twitter. If you really like what we do, you want to follow our Patreon. For one dollar a month, you can keep this podcast live on its various podcasting services and keep the website nice and shiny. We'll be back um, later in the week with a in-depth look at the final episode of The Last of Us in our Look for the Light podcast. And also, don't look out for our brand new super duper spoiler special, our in depth recap um, next week as well. That's going to be really fun. But until then, it is goodbye from Josh Thompson. Goodbye, everyone. Goodbye from Miles Thompson. Oh, well. Goodbye from Kat Thompson. <laughs> goodbye. And goodbye from me. My name is Roscoe Thompson. We'll see you next time on the Finger Guns Podcast. <laughs>